Hello and welcome to the Sports Job Podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. Now on this podcast, we connect with individuals in the sports industry. They come on to share their story and tell their journey so you can gain the lessons and advice they gained along the way. But more importantly, we want to expose to you the different paths into the sports industry and to also achieving success. Now, this week, we are very excited because we will be introducing the new weekly Thursday Sports Job Chat. This will take place on our Twitter. If you're not following us, please follow us at Sports as a Job. This will occur every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, and 6 p.m. Pacific Time. We will be asking questions and discussing topics that have to do with the things we discuss with the guests on that week's episode. So this coming Thursday, the topics and the questions will be based on what we talk about with the guests that you are currently listening to right now. Now, you do not necessarily have to listen to the episode to participate in the chat, but by listening to this episode, it will give you a better idea and insight to why we're asking the certain questions we're asking. This chat will be very important for all of us because, again, networking is such an important opportunity in this industry. So having this chat will be an opportunity for all of us to not only meet each other, but also interact and discuss different topics that are going on within the sports industry. So again, I look forward to chatting with all of you and meeting all of you on this Thursday's Sports is Job chat. Today's guest on the Sports is Job podcast is Max Simpson. He is currently the Corporate Partnerships Account Manager with the Reno Aces Baseball Club and the 1868 FC. Along with that, Max has previously been a contributor to the front office sports, writing articles for them, and currently now a contributor to the sponsorship space. Now, one of the interesting things is Max tweeted out in 2018 and said, mark his words, he was going to be a part of the FIFA World Cup, which takes place in 2026. He is currently on that path of achieving this goal, so we discuss the certain things he's doing to make sure he reaches that goal that he set out for himself. In this episode, we cover his love for soccer, we talk about the landscape of soccer in the US, the importance of internships, and like all the other guests, he shares the advice and lessons he learned so far in his journey. So now, join us, and let's get right to the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. This is one half of the podcast. My name is Colby Castillo, and as always, I have my co-host here, Olivia. Hi, everyone. And so today's episode, we have somebody that this is their first podcast, but I'm sure he can talk a lot about his experiences. So I'd like to formally welcome Max Simpson to the Sports is Job podcast. How are we doing today? Hey guys, I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Yeah, other than the cold and the winter and the snowstorm we got going on, I'm perfectly fine and warm up in here in my office. Same down here. It's not too bad. We got pretty decent weather, so not complaining. Definitely had worse. So right now you are the current corporate partnership account manager with Reno 1868 FC and then the Reno Aces in the USL. So I guess, tell us about your current positions and how does working for two different organizations work? 
Yeah, of course. So um, it's really fortunate to be able to work for two different properties. It helps a lot that it is same ownership for both. So kind of a little information on how we're structured. So we have about 50 full-time employees throughout the entire organization. And I'd say about 40 of those work across both sports in the in you know, their similar capacities with pretty much that difference being, you know, sales reps or soccer operations who are specifically designated for that sport, same thing on the baseball side. So the cool thing that what I get to do is I, you know, handle partnership activation for both sports. So that's the entire process of when sales reps are coming to us, um, working on drafting contracts, doing market research, and helping to like brainstorm how can we, you know, what are good fits for different sectors of the industry. So whether it's like grocery or automobile or, you know, other different parts of that, matching up our assets to see what is a good fit for them and then make it. Um, we then work year round to then help highlight that activation. So starts with signage if they have permanent signage in the stadium, working activations, social media activations, working with our different teams to do that, working with ticket sales on helping to provide hospitality with them. That way they're helping to actually see their partnership come to life in the stadium. Um, and it's really, I'm really fortunate to be able to touch all of the different departments. So we really try to think globally and working with everyone throughout the organization. It's really fortunate opportunity um and then how it works between baseball and soccer a lot of our partners we try to get them on for you know sign on to both sports that way they're really able to see a year-round um, activation come to life for baseball we run april through september soccer is late february through uh middle of october early november depending on how the playoffs go um and one of that, you know, some of the assets are very similar. Other ones are completely different by sport, but it's really just trying to activate in as seamlessly as we can. And it's just a lot of constant good communication with some good folks that we get to work with. I noticed that the Reno 1868 FC, they were started about, I think it was two years ago. Is that correct? Yeah. So our debut season was in 2017. Uh, the announcement for the team was made, I believe, in uh, late 2015, early 2016, and then they began play uh, 2017. So we're going into our fourth season currently. That, does that league feed into the MLS? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question. So the way USL is designed, it's not like it's Premier League or anything where it's like relegation. USL, there's a couple different formats that you that are used. So there are some teams, let's say like the – uh, Portland Timbers and the Portland Timbers too. That's a direct affiliation. They're able, they're constantly sending teams, uh, players up and down between the two teams. There's also what we have more so just an affiliate. So our affiliate is the San Jose Earthquakes in Major League Soccer. And you definitely do see a lot of those players being sent up and set down. And we work hand in hand with the Earthquakes on, you know, training, roster decisions, and like kind of helping to shape that, uh, play. And then there are some teams in the USL who have absolutely no affiliation. Some of that is personal decision. Other ones, uh, they're actually trying to move up to MLS, so it wouldn't make as much sense to have an affiliation. So how does, how does with your job with the corporate partnerships, I guess, what was the challenges as far as, I mean, soccer is not as popular in America 
But especially when you move a new organization, a soccer organization to a city like Reno or any city, what were the challenges for you finding your job with corporate partners? Yeah, and great question. So I think the first thing just to kind of outline the landscape of Reno is the other competition in the area is the university, the University of Nevada, Reno. And, you know, we like to say competition because, you know, of course, they're trying to grab partners and stuff. We actually work a lot with them on like promos, uh, kind of helping to highlight each other's properties. But in terms of like how partners stack up in the area, baseball is going into its uh, 12th season. And for soccer going into its fourth, it's a relatively new market. And I think folks in Nevada, unless their kids are playing soccer, you know, it's just something that they haven't really been exposed to. Uh, baseball, you know, a lot of Giants fans in the area being from the Bay Area. So uh, they definitely have that idea of what it is. But soccer is really a, a newer concept. And I think we really just try to highlight, hey, here's baseball. If you want to come, enjoy a game, relax, you know, uh, kind of casually follow no problem with soccer we really are pushing like if you want to come to a game you can watch in any capacity but we would love to get you involved like be a supporter doing the cheers doing the chance like getting fired up about like goals happening and that like electric atmosphere we really want to build that and that's something that our marketing team and our production team is really doing a, like really pushing this year we want people to be all in following the team and building that exciting environment you and Olivia could probably talk about it. How do you think we introduce or make soccer more popular in this country? Because it seems with you, it seems like you're a huge fan of soccer. And Olivia, obviously, she's a former um, soccer player herself and a fan of soccer. So how do you think we, we do that here in the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, soccer is my first love. Um, I, I think, honestly, the way we build it is, you know, like I started playing when I was four. Um, Played it like pretty much all throughout my life through high school. I played intramurals and, you know, casually throughout college. I still play now like Saturday pickup games. I think it's just getting people involved earlier at a younger age because, you know, the, uh, getting those soccer fans younger um, developed throughout the years, it really just helps to add on. And then I think, you know, where you can. So I think um, NBC, you know, they do a fantastic job with Mark and like the Premier League um, it's a really like I always suggest that to fans who hey I want to get involved in soccer I want to watch soccer where do I start I think doing that national broadcast where you're able to um, you know be able to watch some of the biggest stars throughout the Europe and in England um, they do a fantastic job of breaking it down and if you're a casual fan and have no idea what's going on you can just kind of watch um, but I would say that for on the TV side and then on, you know, the more domestic side, follow the U S men's national team, follow the U S women's national team. Like we have fantastic stars coming and they play all around the world. Like I know, I think just being able to look domestically like, Oh, MLS, like these are where our, our, uh, you know, future stars are playing USL. This is where our stars could be coming from like up through the ranks. Like it's really cool to see. I think it's just being invested early and seeing what it's all about and then going to games. That is something we push so heavily is we could say how amazing it is or how much we enjoy it. But a lot of the times people are like, Oh, like I don't get how soccer works. Like, Oh, it's only 45 minute two 45 minute halves and you're done. Like you got to be able to come to games and actually live it for yourself because 
for me, soccer is number one. I'd say hockey is number two. Those sports that are difference between watching it on TV and seeing it live, so, so much better when you see it in person. I agree. I think so. I don't know how your soccer team kind of is involved with the community, but what I've noticed around here, so when I played youth soccer in Minnesota, there were a ton of club teams. Um, and I played for a lot of different club teams. But now as I'm getting older and I have two younger siblings, both now in youth soccer, a lot of those teams are now merging and they're creating development academies. So I think a, a great way to get more involved and get better fans or more fans, I guess, is to kind of implement themselves into that youth. So the Minnesota United FC, they actually have a development academy as well. So a lot of those kids like have, will have grown up working with those players, those MLS players. Um, I know the Blaine Sports Center is like their home base where they practice and everything. And they let the kids um, of those teams like play there and practice there. So they get to see all those facilities and everything. And so I think a really great step in that direction is definitely like getting the youth involved because at, at least in Minnesota, like the, the soccer, the soccer community has grown significantly in the past, I'd say like five years, especially on the girls side with the, with the women's national team and everything, you know, has, that's been huge for them. Um, again, like with hockey, like I agree, like soccer, hockey, my two favorite sports growing up, like my favorite thing to go and watch was go for men's hockey games because they're so good. And, you know, now getting to work in that atmosphere with like the student section and the chance, like it's unreal. And like, I completely agree with you when the, Minnesota United FC team when they went from I don't remember what league they were in before the MLS it might have been the USL I don't remember but they used to play all their games at TCF Bank Stadium and then they built this brand new stadium it's beautiful like the fans that showed like showed up like it's so cool like to go to a game and I have a funny story so my idol growing up was Tim Howard because I'm a goalkeeper and I messaged him on Instagram because he was retiring and he messaged me back he messaged me back on Instagram and I like cried oh this is so cool and I my dad actually bought me tickets to go watch him because he was on the Colorado Rapids this past year and he didn't even get to travel with the team so I was a little sad I didn't get to see him but still cool he messaged me back and then Minnesota United obviously won and they had a great season so but yeah I definitely think that soccer in the United States is growing and I think, especially on the men's side too, and the women's side has always been popular, especially after the World Cup. I, the NWSL has gotten a lot of attraction to it. So I definitely think there's a lot of ways for it to grow. And I think creating new leagues and getting the youth involved is a great step in that direction. A note on Tim Howard, uh, our former uh, PR and communications manager on the soccer side. He, early last year, he actually moved on to Memphis and Memphis is the affiliate for, for the Rapids. And so when Tim Howard was actually there, he said he couldn't have been a nicer guy, very personable. That is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, like being able to talk with him, like Tim Howard, he's just kind of like let, let it rip and just kind of at the twilight of his career in that point, but just couldn't have been a nice. Going back to your point, absolutely. Actually fantastic timing. So we actually launched our Academy team last week through you know, a lot of local kids, a lot of Sparks uh, natives, a lot of Reno natives, some people even, you know, in the Bay Area came up, some from Vegas. Uh, one of our success stories we like to point out is Kevin Partita, Sparks native, and Sparks is, you know, based, we call it the Reno-Sparks area. He, it's roughly, you know, like a 10, 15-minute drive from, like, downtown Reno. But, yeah, he was born, you know, grew up in Sparks, 
uh, was actually drafted in the MLS draft by the San Jose Earthquakes, assigned to Reno. And, you know, in his first couple seasons here, he has been absolutely electric. And, you know, he spent, spent time on the Quakes. He is with us and like he, you know, he's definitely gotten his fair share of opportunities there. But that's something that that's a success story that our new academy team is able to point. It's just cool being able to grow that. Um, so the academy has been, been awesome so far. Something that we're also trying to pump into more is just working with those uh, youth clubs, you know, all over the area, even if it's, you know, Reno, uh, Sparks, even Elko, which is, you know, four hours away. Like we want to get those people involved, get them to games. And, you know, I think it's nothing cooler than you're, you know, in your club team, you're practicing and, oh my gosh, like here's a professional soccer player coming to like hang out with you or like talk to you a bit about the game. Like if that doesn't grab you as like a sports fan or whatever, like I don't know what will. I think that's how you do it. As far as someone who's not a soccer fan and not a hockey fan, I think it will probably would have been a little different. I grew up in Hawaii. Soccer and hockey is probably obviously not a big thing there. So if you start off young and then finding that personal connection, like how Olivia was saying, huge to, uh, Tim Howard fan for her, look what happens when he reaches out, somebody like him reaches out to somebody else to, on Instagram and you make dreams come true. There's that connection on there. And, you know, I don't know really much about soccer, but I did notice and I told Olivia, this was one of the things that got me really interested about talking to you was on your Twitter, you have it pinned on your profile. You, you posted that you said, you know, I've been looking forward to this announcement phase one of an important career goal of mine. I'm not sure in what capacity I do not know what organization it will be for. Um, but mark my words, in eight years, I will be part of the greatest sports spectacles um, imaginable, which you're talking about the FIFA World Cup. And then looking at your career, you started off in baseball, you're working a lot in baseball, and then now you made, made your way back into, I guess, soccer with the, the Reno. So where are you with this journey? And is this something that you still are working on? Yeah, absolutely. So 100%, it's still, I, I call it my medium term goal, um, you know, because it's now six years away. Um, it's absolutely something 100% I, I want to do. I will do. Um, yeah, it's, it's been the dream. It's been cool to grow up through, you know, watching soccer. I was fortunate enough to have an internship with the Arizona Diamondbacks, the affiliate, um, of the Reno Aces. And so, or excuse me, Reno is the affiliate of the Diamondbacks, but it's been, it was a nice transition into Reno through that Avenue. And then knowing they have a soccer team, I mean, that's, me even more a lot of soccer folks in the industry just to you know kind of pick their brain and kind of learn a bit more about what they do and what they enjoy about their roles um it's it's something that i think you got to work on every day and you know as it gets closer it's something that you want to be able to push the urgency on but just not getting caught up with like oh my gosh six years away like we got to like hurry like now you keep doing the right things. You just plug away every day. Keep connecting with those people. It's gonna happen, you know. Like I think you put the good, the good energy and stuff out there. Like it does reciprocate, and I think you just keep doing your thing every day. Um, I've been very fortunate to connect with some amazing people in the industry. I have like more just like networking calls lined up for this week. Just purely just trying to like learn. Like what do you do? Like tell me about all the awesome stuff. Uh, that's something I'm very much looking forward to. And it's been a, it's been a fun process so far. And, you know, I have no idea where it's going to go from here. I really have like no idea where it's going to end up, but it's uh, it's definitely fascinating to kind of see everything taking shape. Is there anything specific that you would want to do with the 2026 World Cup, like an area 
that interests you more than another? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely something in more of like a marketing or uh, like, a, like marketing, experiential marketing, um, even working on like a brand activation or um, social media does interest me, but I, I definitely want to, I would love to be like in some way in one of the stadiums, you know, it, it's being played all across North America, all across the US. I want to be like running, helping to run that marketing strategy, but then also being that boots on the ground and actually being able to experience uh, firsthand. Uh, I mean, personally, I would, you know, it'd be cool to work like for like the, you know, organizations. It'd be cool to work for a brand that has a lot of soccer involvement. I would like, it'd be like U.S. soccer is like, has been like a dream. So it really, it really just depends on what kind of how the chips fall, but I just, I just want to be a part of it. it. It's, I, some of my coolest moments are just soccer unites people in the craziest ways. And it's, it's, it's honestly like speechless. I'm, it's hard to find the words sometimes of just how that sport is so beautiful. It really is. So what it's, what's an example of that, of, of how soccer unites people? Oh my gosh. All right. Best. All right. Goosebumps <laughs> every time. All right. Um, I was studying abroad in, I was based in Prague, uh, doing my international business certificate summer of, oh goodness. Uh, in between like 2015 and 2016. Um, it was in between my sophomore and junior year based out there for a month. And we were very fortunate because the program only went a couple, you know, Monday through Thursday. It's like, Hey, let's travel during the weekends. Uh, I wrangle out my friends and we're noticing like, Oh, like the UEFA champions league final is coming up and it's going to be Juventus versus Barcelona. And I'm a Real Madrid fan. So I'm like, okay, there's no way we're going to Barcelona because like, that's not going to, that's not going to do well. So are we either going to buy tickets and go to Berlin where the final's being played, outrageously expensive, didn't have the money, that was a no-go, or we decided to go to Turin or Torino, depends on how you want to say it, um, to actually watch the final in City Square. Um, and, you know, it, Sunday rolls around where we find our way to the City Square. There's like tens of thousands of people in this just like – couple square mile area like you just you turn the corner we like turn the corner and it's like holy crap there's these like three or four huge tvs and surround and like surround systems everywhere like it is just absolutely this fevered like pitch is just like building and building until the game starts and like you know barcelona scores early like everyone is kind of like it, like very momentarily like the crowd kind of eh but then it very much picks up picks up picks up and then um Juventus actually scores and they tie it up and it was, I'm like, I'm seriously getting goosebumps. Right now. Like, it was the most like breathtaking moment I've ever experienced. Every single person absolutely just erupts like this roar of tens of thousands of just random people. I turned like my friends were, uh, it was like four of us in a group total and they were right next to me. But like, because there were so many people, I like didn't, have I would they weren't like right next to me so like I just turned to some random dude I've never seen before we were hugging and we were going nuts I was getting poured with like beer and champagne and just everyone was absolutely losing it and you just see like the collective togetherness of a city we were massive underdogs in that game and they were just trying to you know they, 
soccer just brings everything together. They ended up losing the game like three, one, like, it, you know, it def it got away from them, but the entire game, like they were chanting, they were like saying thank you to our team as they were losing. Like soccer fans are so beautiful and just the entire atmosphere was just like, Oh my gosh. Like you just feel like you're a part of it. And I had never, I had watched like some Juventus games, but like, I couldn't tell you like, ha like a lot about like, how their formation was or like what some of the specific tactics were but it was just amazing and every single time like that is my story I love telling because in that in that like moment of like ah it was it was incredible it's it, like that is the snapshot of what soccer football whatever you want to call it brings to you know this world so that's the real debate then is it called football or is it called soccer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people get if people get hung up on it, it's like, man, whatever works for you. I call I call, I call it soccer. I, I actually I like to call it footy. I've been saying that a lot recently. It's like kind of like a more like slang, like oh yeah, play go play some pickup footy. But I think I think if you go to the other side of the world, you call it soccer, they'll yell at you. But if you're if you're in the U.S., that's fine. I'm fine with soccer. You know, you got this love for soccer, right? And you want to work in the FIFA World Cup. But the interesting thing I noticed that through your career timeline, like you were saying, a lot of your internships were in the baseball, um, baseball organizations. And there was an article that, uh, that you posted for front office sports about how you were saying, if you can make it in baseball, you can make it anywhere. So how did those experiences with your internships there kind of help develop you professionally and personally? Yeah. And I, I think the, the thing about baseball and for anyone who's in it, you know, working as like an intern going to like my third season with the club like even if you're not working I've been fortunate I haven't had to work like every single game throughout my career like I know a lot of people who have been there every single game and like honestly shout out to those people because my gosh it's a it's a long season it's very rewarding but you have to really be able to bring that energy every single day knowing that you're in the middle of like a 10, 12 game homestand. It's, you know, game number seven, you're tired. Like you've been working long hours each day. And I think not just from a physical standpoint, but mentally you got to be able to bring that, that energy, bring that creativity, keep things fresh of, you know, how things are going. And I've just been very fortunate throughout my career where I've been involved with baseball just because, you know, I've had the connect, that's where my connections are been made. Um, really cool it's been actually really funny how I got into it just building connections and you know quick tangent uh one of my co-work one of my like colleagues when I was in college Pat was interning with the Diamondbacks she then went on to the Reno Aces and that internship opened up um she put in a good word I got that role and you know like working throughout the season fast forward a year later I then uh, she then got promoted at the Aces. Her old position got opened up. And so I was like, well, hey, do you mind helping me put in a good word? And through, it wasn't just through her, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I had to work for it. I had to show my worth. But that one connection helped me get my first paid sports internship and my first paid sports job. So um, it just goes to show what that networking truly does when you aren't even having a job necessarily as the perspective, just getting to know people. But quick tangent, I just, I love telling that story. but. Back to, um, you know, just what baseball can provide. It's, I think if you're able to work well with all those people, keep things fresh throughout a long season, it's, I think it's just the amount of hours you got to put in and just how dedicated you got to be to 
keeping things fresh. Um, it's very easy to get stagnant. It's very easy to look towards the next game and when the homestand is over, especially when you have two sports you're juggling. But uh, I think if you're able to stay in the moment as best you can, it really does give you perspective. Because then when the soccer season rolls around, it's like, we only got 17 matches compared to 70 for baseball. Like, this is fun. So I guess going back to your internship you were just talking about, what was the title that you had and what were some of the projects you got to work on? Yeah, so um, I was a core partnerships intern with Arizona Diamondbacks during the 2017 season. Um, a lot of it was um, really helping, helping the account reps, uh, account executives to, you know, organize and basically help outline a lot of the steps needed for upcoming activations. So, like, for instance, we, uh, you know, they're partnered with Gila River Casinos. Um, they did a big, like, enter to win for um, – they sponsored the, um, like, the mascot races and stuff. And so I was, like, helping to pull names and do the enter to wins for, like, those people who were able to be on field – um and like and actually like oh like here's the date that you're according to those people like here's the date that you're going to go on field and like be a part of the mascot representatives like here's the logistics all of these things um they have the PetSmart patio where you're able to bring your dog um during during games on Sundays and I was like you know in that activation on Sundays and stuff making sure that everything looks good that signage is up to speed that you know, basically being that person of, hey, like, let's make sure everything's up to snuff and um, helping just to execute from that standpoint. Um, it was a it was a good internship. And it was cool to that was my first like professional organization I was able to break into. And it's really cool. Like they do. A, they're very, very uh, on point and very structured. And they uh, do a good job of empowering people. So then how did this internship kind of segue into getting that position with them full time. Yeah. So, um, so the internship led to my full-time position with the Reno Aces and it was as the internship wound down, it went from like January to October, you know, October is start of October hits and it honestly just worked out how my colleague got promoted at the Aces. And it was just honestly timing. If I'm being brutally honest, like if she get promoted or if that position didn't open up I I don't think I I don't know if I'd be here today um so I think that has a bit to do with it but I think just having that connection um with her see, showing your showing the Reno Aces that hey like I have experience doing a lot of activations on a major league level how can I take this next step into actually holding these accounts on my own and doing that and um you know I think it's just backing up with experience. I definitely made a lot of mistakes as an intern. Like I will fully, fully admit, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but I think it's just being able to be coachable, being able to be uh, learnable in a sense, and just, you know, having a, having a great attitude. I've always, I'll always pride myself on that of just being able to learn, being able to say, yeah, I made a mistake, but I'm not afraid to go out and, you know, improve and learn. Mm -hmm. and, and let's, let's stick on kind of the internship topic. Because I know that, again, I read up one of your articles, probably one of your first articles about um, embracing the grind and how this internship for you, you took this big jump moving into doing this internship where you, it was low paid. And then at one point you were talking about uh, you did volunteer internships. So for the people out there, because I see it a lot on Twitter, um, you see people bashing it. Um, I talk to students here. They're like, oh, I don't want to do this internship because they don't pay. I don't want to have to, you know, do this and do that. 
work 20, 30 hours, however much hours they ask you to work and you're not getting paid for it. So convince the person out there, the student out there who's on the brink of deciding whether or not to take that internship that may not be paid or is, or is low paid and what the valuable part of it is for doing that. Yeah, of course. Um, so my internship with the Dimebacks was my only paid sports internship I've had. Everything else before it um, was unpaid. I mean, I'm, I'm personally an advocate of, I think, you know, sport, I believe sports internships, they should be paid. Um, I think it's, it's, it's really hard. Like, uh, and, and I was very privileged. Like my family helped me out a lot, but there are a lot of people who are not in those circumstances who they're not even really able to, in, from a financial position, to even really consider taking an unpaid sports internship. However, if they are looking for an internship where there is no paid option, um, you know, you have to, you, it's either that unpaid internship or nothing, I really would just consider, number one, what is that company's reputation? Talk to people that are there. How is the culture? I mean, that's the biggest thing I look for in general. Just like, that's always what I ask people. Like, how is your culture? Are people... People like want you to learn. Are people helpful? Do are you allowed and encouraged to ask questions, or is that something like, oh, that's very frowned upon? So, how is the culture? Number two, I think, how is the work that you do? Is the work that you do tangible work that is going to be able to translate to something that you want to do, or are you basically kind of just there as a filler and you know you're not really being able to make an impact? And I think number three you know, after the culture and the work you're able to do is if it is that unpaid internship, is there a chance that if you work hard and I don't, and I, people should not be afraid to ask this, like, Hey, if I work hard, I know this is unpaid. Is there an opportunity for a paid internship or a paid position down the road? And that's not by any means guaranteeing that if they say yes, you shouldn't feel entitled to, but you definitely want to be able to ask, like, is, is there an opportunity for growth? Because if they're able to say that on an internship level, then that just kind of shows how they promote internally and being able to see like, hey, your work, you will, you know, if you put in good work and you are genuine, doing a genuine job, you'll able to be re rewarded for that. Um, so I think those three things are very important, but I mean, I would, I would look for, you know, consider paid internships if you can, but if not, you got to start somewhere. And I think knowing that if you have unpaid internship after unpaid internship, as long as you're being strategic and you're, you know, planning that it leads to somewhere. So many of mine, I honestly just aimlessly did because I was like, I, I need to break in and I'm happy I did it because I'm here now. But, you know, a lot of them were not as strategic because I was so eager to break in that I took like a lot of my early opportunities just like, okay, fine, let's do it. And it's like, try to think a little bit, try to live in the moment, but then also try to like plan out as best you can. Like, how is this going to help get me to where I want to go? Yeah. And I, I think you talked about being strategic, you know, thinking about what exactly internship, how is it going to help me in my goals? Cause I can tell you one of my internships, I'm not going to name the organization, but I was, I shredded paper for probably uh, a week straight for probably about six, seven hours a day. Um, I literally stood in the, in the shred room and all I did was shred papers from the past 10 years of like different files that they wanted to get rid of. And it's the hard thing and it sucks, but there's so many competition and so many people that are trying to get into the door of the sports industry that many of these organizations can take the, um, are able to be like, I'll pay nothing or it's a, a unpaid internship because there's so many people that are willing to do that. So I think it's going to take 
it's going to take people like you, like Olivia, like myself, or anybody out there, there has to be a line that has to be drawn. You know, there has to be something that you benefit from it. And if you are shredding paper and it's the connections that you benefit from it, then that's okay too. But you just have to figure out in what way strategically do you benefit from the internship. And I think that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And let me, I just want to preface this because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, yeah, unpaid internship or whatever. Like, are you going to have to grab coffee or do whatever? I actually have had one of them where like all the interns, like you had to, like you would grab coffee, you would like wash someone's car. And I think there is a, like, yes, people say you do what it takes. I am a like firm advocate. Do not do something like that. That's not an internship. If you're not, if you are not learning or if they are going to make an acceptable thing like that's not a place that i want to be uh i think you just got to ask yourself like if i were in this time person's position what would i have my intern do and what would i what would be like off limits and if that off limits is something that you are asked to do i think it's you know good to reevaluate where you're at and what your values are i guess to like add on to that i complete like for me, I've, I've only had one paid internship, actually two, and that was with where I am at now and then at Crookston. But at Crookston, the pay, they were, they had to cut pay, so I only got paid $500 for the whole year, which, which sucked. <laughs> um, but to add on to it, I think if you look at the internships that are unpaid, the connections you can make and the skills you can learn definitely like outweigh it, in my opinion at least, because when I interned with the Freedom Open, like I met so many people that can get me to where I want to go if I just like continue networking and connecting with them and, you know, working with multiple organizations and different kinds of people, like that skill set you can take for the rest of your life. 100%. And, you know, that's saying that someone, you know, like, like if I was an intern again, like there's no way I would take something where like my primary role or like I'm being asked to like grab coffee or wash someone's car. Cause that's just, in my opinion, just like a lack of respect that doesn't mean that every single part is going to be glamorous. Like, you know, as a intern with the athletic athletic department at ASU, like a lot of tasks, like, you know, it's putting on um, cup stickers on cup holders, like the classic. And that doesn't mean that's something that's below my worth because that was a, an asset, a, a part of what I was doing, but it was something that is still, uh, helping out the organization and leading to like sponsorship fulfillment and stuff like that. Uh, I think if you're being, I think if you're like being asked tasked, I think you just try to get to ask yourself, like, is this something that I'm being asked because like, this is my skills that I can bring to the table. Or if it is something like, you know, getting coffee or whatever, like, is it, am I just like a body here? You know, am, am I, what am I able to contribute? And I, I, you know, like you said, a lot of those, internships are unpaid because they know that they can because it is so competitive and i i don't think they're going to go away completely i think you know people those are always going to exist because competition is so high and so i guess i would say to those people like go for after the paid internships but if you don't get them you know you really do got to decide like are am i going to pursue something else that is paid am i going to try to maybe balance both and do an unpaid internship if it means i'm going to get somewhere but if you are going to take that unpaid internship just try to you know see where that line where that path is and being able to uh you know pursue it and I, it starts with the people who are in charge or who are hiring and like those days like you know 
advocate for pay for interns if you if you believe in it like i i do i certainly do i you know if what are those tasks if it is or isn't paid like are you going to ask people to get coffee or are you going to like plan work like maybe you don't want your intern being like the client facing person like totally fine that's a respectful thing but like have them do tasks that lead to it like we're fortunate i've been i i've run our intern department here and we just had a seasonal start on and like uh myself and our my colleague our other account manager like we are working to every single day like we want you to learn we want you to do tangible things that are going to translate to the final product directly not just giving you you know, bullshit work that may or may not show up. Like every single thing has to be in mind with the end product. And that's how people grow. That's how your organization betters. And your reputation, even as a position, does, it does, uh, you know, matter. And especially at the younger level. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your internship program. So if you could just kind of like plug the internship program, how do people find more information about um, the internship program that you guys got on? And when do you guys usually typically hire for that? Yeah, of course. Um, so our internship program, like, you know, throughout both organizations and, you know, I'm running the partnership side. Um, but you know, there's marketing, there's, um, you know, social media, PR, graphic design. I think that graphic design, I think we're actually still hiring for graphic design. There's grounds crew, shout out our grounds crew, like best, best in the league. They have to transition between baseball and soccer so often, but one more side note because I just love telling it. July, like we have a soccer game on July third every year, and then baseball game July fourth. Holy crap! That transition from soccer to baseball, man, I don't know how they do it, but they are there till like three in the morning and they kill it. So I guess, sorry, I should. I just kind of wanted to clarify. So, is your so- is like the soccer field the same stadium as the baseball then? Or? That is correct. Yeah. So we're one of I think. Yeah. So we're like one of four or five teams in a minor league baseball who, you know, also use it as a soccer field. Basically um, one goal is on the first or the third baseline. And then the other goal, it goes through the infield into like right center field. And then are you guys, is it a turf field or is it grass? grass. Oh, it's grass. Yeah. Oh. yeah they, um, they, actually, they have to sod out off like part of, um, you know, like where the shortstop's playing, like they have to sod thought over that because the actual regulation play runs into the infield a bit, but our, like our, like it really is a beautiful pitch. Like we do a phenomenal job with so much with how often it gets used. That's really impressive. Actually. Like that's really impressive. No, it, it's, it's cool. And on the field transitions, we're actually, um, you know, taking part and actually helping them like rip up, so, like take off sod and, you know, throw it where it needs to be and stuff. It's a full team effort. Um, and, yeah, but uh, going back to your guys' question, I know I, I love a tangent sometimes, but, uh, you know, our internship program, look on teamwork, you know, anyone can feel free to hit me up on Twitter, I'll do a self-plug, uh, Max David Simpson, uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn, just search my name, uh, you know, probably one of the first ones that pops up, uh, just message, like, never be afraid to reach out to me, I'm happy to connect you with other people in that area, or you know, in those departments who are hiring or whatever, even just to, you know, talk or, you know, ask things about it. Like I'm by no means a seasoned vet or like haven't been in here for ever. Like I'm almost, I'm about to turn 25, like in a few months, like I haven't, I'm not, I haven't been in this industry for years and years, but um, still happy to give advice and I'm happy to connect people to other people who 
have that same mindset who just want to give back because I've had so I've learned from, I learned a lot more from the bad internships than the good ones. Um, and I've been fortunate to have some awesome internships, you know, Dimebacks were awesome. Um, this, uh, athletic club, the athletic department, Sun Devil Athletics, fantastic people who I still keep in contact with today. Um, awesome people to work with. And, you know, a lot of those unifying traits are just good people who take the time and, I don't want to say it's rare, but I've met a lot of, I've met, I've unfortunately met a lot more people who don't share those mindsets. And so the ones that do shine out in the best way. And uh, I think it's just, people got to keep that in mind that everyone was an intern at one time, never be too proud to share advice or whatever. Um, and then the people to, for the people who are flying or wanting to be interns, like be curious, be hungry. Um, just also know like, you know, you're not going to get every internship, you're going to get rejected. And that's okay. Uh, it, you don't have to get accepted. But the ones it's not the ones that you don't get it's the ones that you do and finding that good fit, network, 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 and reach out to people. And you're not again, a lot of people aren't going to want to network back to you. But the ones that do like follow up with them, not not just asking about a job all the time, like be genuinely curious, like, that's the that's the biggest thing. Be genuinely curious, and I think a lot of the other things just fall into place. So I guess when you are, because you said you're in charge of the interns, correct? Hiring them on. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So a bit of clarity. So because we're we have our seasonal, that actually has replaced our internship program. So our internship program has been pretty good for the last few years, but we noticed like, okay, we want to now take the next step of actually getting some pay, like a paid full time behind it so it's actually really cool to see how that's evolved so then um when you are hiring on interns like what are some things that stand out to you when you like look at um prospects to bring onto your team yeah um i mean experience is important but i think again just those genuinely curious people how are you able to like hold a conversation can you are you like good intention are you genuine i think genuine is like the most important Thing that I look for just in people in general like are you you know are you actually taking the time to ask questions or do these things or are you just like good for this or like to whatever like uh genuineness is just how I judge people in general so I think that's the biggest thing like our season of who we hired there are other people and I told them this like there are other people who have like more tangible experience and who would have you know had had have done these similar things before but we wanted our seasonal because he was like our most our, mo our most like genuine guy who can pull a conversation. It was very personable and he asked great questions. And I think that's why, you know, that's why we ended up going with him. Yeah. And you, you mentioned networking and, and a lot of people have helped you throughout your career. Um, so I kind of want to ask you, who is someone that in your life has really been someone that has had a positive effect on you, whether it's personal or professional? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, a lot of, the people that I've met in my life who I'm saying are like genuine and who are, have been good mentors, so to speak. I really haven't found them until honestly within the last year or so, just because I, I think it takes a lot of like putting yourself out there on Twitter and I want to talk with you and taking that initiative. And I wasn't doing that, frankly. So it's cool to see that pay dividends and find those people. It's never too late to find those people. Um, I would say you know, to shout a couple of people out who have just been good role models and who have, um, you know, been an advocate and been 
genuine on my on throughout my career. Um, uh, Jeff Campbell, who is a account servicing executive with the Arizona Diamondbacks, he's been super helpful. Oversaw me when I was an intern. Definitely, you know, like I said, I made a lot of mistakes at internship, but he was always there to help, like walk me through it and tell me the why behind things. He really explained the why. Uh, Justin Carp, NBC Sports. I've only connected with him on Twitter and I haven't met him in person yet, but I've had phenomenal conversations with him. Julian Valentin, uh, Colorado Rockies, same thing, always gives great advice and just very genuine. Uh, Dan Maraza, with, he is with uh, DraftKings and he, um, you know, same thing. Genuine people, all these people that I'm, and like so many countless others that I've met like recently who I've connected with who have, I've been able to reach out and ask these questions. Um, but so many of these people, they're just genuine and you're able to talk shop with them, but you're also able to talk life with them. And I think that's a really crucial balance. And one of the things I think for myself, it's always, it's endless circulation. I think one of the thing, big things I like to do is keep my door open because like how many of these, these people help you, you're going to help other people in return. And it's just going to be this endless circulation of us helping others. So before we go, before we end the episode, one last piece of advice for everybody out there, Max. I think the biggest thing, put yourself out there, connect with others. Something that I've actually found a lot of success with recently is I love going after those role models, like, you know, people that I admire, like who have followed their career and they have the positions that you want down the road. And that's very important to, you know, try to connect with those people. A lot of your peers though, I think peers and people within your similar like age range or um, you know, base level in the industry right now are, might even be more willing or, you know, because they're in that moment right now to speak. So if you have like friends, like, oh, that person does, cool work or like, Hey, I'm noticing on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever that this person is like at a similar level, but they're doing things differently. Like, how do I get to that? Or how do I, you know, I just want to learn, like, stay curious, talk to people and be genuine. Mm -hmm. Well, again, thank you, Max, for, for joining us early morning for you out there. Um, again, the thank you for again, and I know a lot of people find value from everything you said and the message from Olivia, myself and Max to all the listeners out there, we are all on our own journeys, but you are not alone.